went into this episode, it was pretty obvious to me. I was like, we're going to talk Zach Hyman and the speculation surrounding Zach Hyman and some of the outrageous figures that are being thrown around with respect to Zach Hyman. But I, I was thinking before we started, and I'm like, no, no, I want to start with something different. And so Steve Dangle's been getting a hard time this week on Twitter. People upset that he's not that stoked going into next season. And I'm going to take his side on this one, and I'm going to say, neither am I. And so I just that's that's I just wanted to throw that down and be like, how are you feeling? Because I think about sitting through 82 game 82 game season next year and just going like, eh, like Yeah, and especially a guy who does a video after every game or after anything that happens that's significant to this hockey team. I know that's his job and he could just quit anytime. People are like, Oh, if you don't like the team, don't cover them, but the dude like has made a career out of covering the Leafs and gets crazy views on YouTube and is like made a whole life for himself. And I feel bad for him too, dude. Like we have to get on this podcast every week and it's like, okay, they go on a three game heater. We come on here. Oh, well, if they do this, they do that. Well, maybe this will happen. Or they come on, they lose three in a row. And you're like, this team sucks. It's a roller coaster. So having a, so him having to do a video after every game, trying to like fire himself up to believe that this team is like good enough to do anything in the playoffs. Like I'd be pretty negative too. And me and you are both negative. Like you said, you're kind of on his side and I'm with you too. Like it, it there, I have no positive vibes going into this off season or in the next season. It's just kind of like you guys better show me something or else I'm going to stay right where I belong in negative town. Yeah. I, I just, I, I just keep thinking about it and I'm like, what I, to exactly to your point, it's like, I wish you could hit a fast forward button for next year. Just take us to April and let's see. Because you're right, I can't ride the ups and downs like I have in previous years. Because you're just sitting like, oh, cool, you you won five in a row. Cool. Yeah. Like, are you going to be able to win the one game in April that sends you to the second round? That's all any of us are going to be thinking next year. So, yes, it is really hard to sit here and be like, man, what are they going to do? Are you excited? So when you so in in October in November, the Leafs go on a ten game heater, hypothetically speaking. Are you sitting there being like, say it's over ten games in a row? They just dominated ten teams. They they win that tenth game after the game. Are you still sitting here being like, this team's got to show me something? Or are I you, think- or, or are you being like, you know what? They they're they're. They look a lot better. They're onto something. Nick Robertson's doing this. The new guy they added is adding more offense. This is looking like what they need to. That's that's just what it's gonna be like. Can you see it in my body language right now? Talking about this, like usually we come on here every week, and I'm like, hey, hey, hey. and even yeah. now I'm sitting here just like, eh. like to answer your question, I'm not gonna sit there if if they go on a long, as you put a ten game winning streak like this. I think it's going to be in the back of everyone's mind. Show me what you got in April. Yeah. And if they win 10 in a row, how did they win? Is it this what they've done in previous years where you're watching it going, you're not going to be able to win like this in the playoffs? Or do they go out and do they grind teams down? And do they win some of those games 2-1? Do they like, or are you just sitting there? Because that's the thing to me, man, is it's like, I don't know if I can sit like if you look at it, the whole thing is just a mess, right? Like you've got this core of young, talented young players, players 
that we have wanted our entire life as Leaf fans, like game-changing, skilled players. And they just, they keep, like, blowing it. It's like, we can't have nice things. And then you've got Kyle Dubas, who, and I'm not, I'm not a Dubas hater like a lot of people are, but you got this general manager who kind of carries himself like he's found some sort of secret sauce that the rest of the league doesn't know about. And it's like, no, it doesn't work, man. It doesn't work in the playoffs. Your secret sauce, your philosophy gets shut down every year come come playoff time. Yeah. And that, so it's just, I look at the whole thing and it's like, so I think what I'm trying to get at is I don't, I don't know if I believe anymore, man. Like, I don't know if I can, like, even if they do have success, it's like, yeah, but what are you what are you gonna do in, in April when you're up three one and the other team brings the pressure and starts playing a more playoff style and takes all the time and space away? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Right? And that's exactly what you mean. You just wish you could fast forward because sitting through what just what Dangle's getting at, sitting through eighty two, waiting to get there. Yeah. You, what you might not even get there, exactly. you don't even know, yes, because you're going back to the division that is probably the hardest division in hockey and has the now two time Stanley Cup yeah. champion who will maybe lose a couple players. But I don't know if you checked the points in the playoffs, yeah. but anybody who says you're top, you need just third liners to chip in and do this. The the top guys for Tampa Bay won them that Stanley Cup. Nikita yeah. Kucherov had 32 points in four rounds. We just get going a quick side tangent here about Nikita Kucherov and what an absolute <laughs> legend that guy is. Oh my god, his chirp of Habs fans. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Habs fans, okay? They have a reputation of being the most sensitive fan base in hockey. They've earned that that reputation. We still have people. Your team won and you went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Why are you commenting on a Maple Leaf podcast video from a month ago? <laughs> like I, I don't know. And after Kucherov, when he's like, they acted like they won the Stanley Cup after uh, after Game Four, and they're all like, "This guy's got no class." Look at this class. Doesn't need class. Yeah. He's a two time Cup winner and absolutely dummies everybody. Yeah, is the is thirty two points yeah. in the playoffs? Yeah. Like that's that's video games. Stuff. Like that guy's ridiculous. Yeah. Like he might be the best player in the NHL after yeah. that display. Like so. Whoa. Anyways, cheers, cheers to Nikita Kucherov because th- that was. That was just an dope. outstanding post-game celebration. Yeah, really and nice. I love watching Habs fans get so up in arms about it because, man, they are, they're nuts. They're nuts. Yeah, they suck. Yeah. Anyways, full circle. Sorry, folks. So I, I got to say, like, anyone who's given Dangle a hard time, like, I'm, I'm with him. I, I really, in all my years of being a Leaf fan, Basically, since I was a, a young child, I never remember a time where I, and we were, we lived through the Peter Horacek years, right? Or year. And I never remember a time where I'm just like, where I, I think about watching an upcoming leaf season and just going like, eh. it's just, they're unlikable too. Like the players are, I'm sorry. Like you get, I just, the floodgates are opening. Yeah. Every time I watch the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, I was about to, I was about to bring that up. Every time I watch them, all right? They make me 
and I don't want to do this because I don't want to make everything about the Leafs, but watching the Blue Jays and the way they play and the way they grind and how hard they work and and just like how much they give a shit, mm. it makes me mad at the Leafs because I, I watch this and I'm like this this is what we this is all we want this is all we want and it's just very clear watching this young Leaf core that like it just and I and I know people listen and they go. What do you mean they don't care? Of course they care. And it's like, yeah, no, I know. But like, but like, <laughs> do they though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't it's know. It's just like, <sighs> yeah, it's tough. Man. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm really like, I'm really struggling. Yeah. Like this is turning into a therapy session for me. Like I'm really, I'm really sitting here going like, so what? We got another two and a half months of sitting around and projecting and well, waiting. Yeah, and and you know, like it's it's they're starting to there's starting to be some movement, and we're gonna talk about Zach Hyman. But like, if the only way that they could really get me recharged, I'm sorry, is to trade Mitch Marner. And <laughs> there's people who hear that, and they're gonna be like, "Why would you give up a skill play?" And it's like, we've said it before on this show. I am not disputing the the skill that Mitch Marner has, the upside that he has, like his point totals. I'm not disputing any of that. What I am saying is you signed these core players to these contracts pre-pandemic with the intention of the salary cap continuing to rise. It's not. There was a pandemic. The cap is flat. It's will going. be for a long time. So I think it's time to reevaluate. And you have to look at, like, I just, you know what worries me, man? I got to believe Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan know their jobs are on the line here. And I got to think that they're smarter than saying, we're just going to run it back with these guys and hope that they figure it out. Because you're going to be looking for a new job this time next year. If that is what you do, Kyle, if that is what you do. And listen, I... I will come on here. If they if they win around, I will come on here and you can put a big bowl of crow down in front of me and I will eat it. But I I believe so strongly that if they run it back with relatively the same group and tw- and tweaking along the outside, we'll be here again next year. I think they're kind of damned if they do damned if they don't. If they stay with the same team and keep Mitch Marner, keep everyone run it back, lose in the first round they're done. If they trade Mitch Marner, somehow make the playoffs, losing the first round, they're done. So they have a decision to make. It's like, do we die with the guy we've been riding with for all these years and who we drafted and who we love? Or do we try to make a deal and swing for the fences and hopefully they'll save our job? I honestly believe Mitch Marner is not going anywhere. That's not happening. I just feel like they have other priorities on the top of their list and to trade a guy that I think they love. I don't think they see Mitch Marner like the way we see him or the fans see him. I think they think he's great. He just had a bad playoff. They're not, they're not sitting there being like, Oh, we got to get rid of this guy. We're not happy. No, they're probably sitting there being like, well, if Mitch does this next playoff, like he's capable of then that, then we'll be able to make it through. I I think there's a 0% chance that any of the top guys are getting moved like zero. It's not happening. No, I don't. I, I know it's not happening. All right. Speaking of of priorities, let's talk Zach Hyman. So, love Zach Hyman. 
There have been no bigger Zach Hyman fans than you and I. But I got to tell you, man, some of these numbers that are getting thrown around. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like, he's 29. You're going to give this guy a seven-year deal? And if you're him, I get it. Like, you want to cash in. This will probably be the last big contract you ever signed. Yeah. But seven years for Zach Hyman? Which is funny because I'm pretty sure if you go back in our archive, there is at least one episode where me and you are like, you got to pay him. Well, no, you, for me, it's like, so the the AAV, $6 million's a bit a bit high. But if you told me that they're going to pay Zach Hyman 5.2, I'd be like, okay, I can get my head around. 5.2 for three years, four years, give him a fourth year. I'd be, I could get my head around that. For me, it's it's less about the money and more about seven years. He's twenty nine. Has like his his injury history. If you're a Leaf fan, speaks for itself. Like seven years. Well, there was the report that they try to give him the max term, but a lower AAV. So they try to satisfy him with the term, but they needed it at a number that they were comfortable at. Like talking about that episode in the middle of the season, we sat here and I said specifically that they need to go out and do whatever they can to sign this guy. And after the playoffs have been over, this this applies to everything really. Hindsight is huge. And when you're in the moment, like especially last season where they were in that division, they were in first, you thought they could actually go somewhere. Every move they made to kind of satisfy what we think they needed, we were happy. Looking back on it, I don't want. I don't think Zach Hyman deserves five million dollars. Like, no, you cannot have a player like that under an AAV like that. I love Zach. He's an intangible guy. plays the plays everywhere. He's the he's the man. But dude, like, they just can't. They can't, man. Like, they, they, they put themselves in a position where they pay their top guys so much that you got to say goodbye to guys like Zach Hyman. And then I was listening to to a show the other day, and they brought up the Nick Foligno trade at the deadline. And me and you came on this podcast. We were like that. Whatever, who cares? First rounder, see you later. We need a guy like this. Looking back on it, that's a moke trade. Yeah, like, well, well, in I'll, fairness, I'll, dude, I'm gonna eat my words. <laughs> I, 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 I think that is an awful trade. Like fairness, I'm going way back on myself. In fairness, in fairness to Kyle, the guy comes in and gets hurt. like he was a non. I know, I know, yeah. but just that, but that's like, yeah. I'm thinking about it, and it's like I know we love the guys we love, and they need to out, go out and get dudes, but. I was listening to somebody diagnose the Tampa Bay Lightning and what their problems are and who they're going to lose. And but they're like, oh, but if you look at their AHL team, they actually got a couple like dudes down there who are like pretty legit. And I'm th- and I'm thinking, and I'm like, I loved that Felino trade, but you can't be giving up first rounders for guys who are like a question mark. Yeah. Like, ah, uh, even though I that's totally going back on what I I, I thought it was a great trade at the time. But, but and and like I said, if if he came in and was like a difference maker, we'd still be. We, we would be talking about it differently. Yeah. But he came in, he got hurt five minutes after he got here and was never, he was a non-factor. Yeah. Like, name me, I think it was game two of the series against the Habs where he was, like, noticeable. And that was the only game in his Leaf tenure where I would say he was noticeable. Yeah. I think the philosophy I'm taking when I think about the Hyman deal and who's who they're going to pay or who's going to fork out that dough for them and then how the Leafs' bottom six is going to affected by all this, you paid your top guys the money, okay? That's the way your team is built. You can't go back on that. You're not moving them. They're not going to move them, I don't think. 
They're going to keep that. And to me, you're going to have to say goodbye to guys like Zach Hyman and, and dudes who are around that four or five million dollar range. Yeah. And you got to try to just plug it in, just plug it in. Like Nick Robertson's got to play a big role on this team this season. Like you're, you're just got to plug in those holes and, and you, you and, can't go out and sign dudes for six million for Hyman. You're going to add another six million dollar contract yeah. to your books yeah. for this team. Yeah. You don't even have a number two goalie yet. Well, and you need guys like like. Little grin to step up and actually be an yeah. everyday NHLer Dude, this year. They have yeah. to plug holes with yeah. dudes who are cheap and dudes that they've drafted in their system. Like, yeah. and some dudes are going to fail and some dudes are going to succeed. But that's just the way this team is going to have to work because they have no, there's too many important positions to worry about the guy who's playing on the third line on your team. It's like you need another goalie. You need more defensemen. You can't you can't go out and spend six million on a guy who can either be on your first line or your third line who tears his ACL every year. Um quick I don't want to spend too much time on this because I I don't think there's anything there. And I think it's Toronto sports media creating a story. What do you think of this Gabe Landeskog? Can't happen. Yeah. Can't happen. It, this to me, if I'm in the Leafs, if I'm in that office and we're right writing on the whiteboard of what we need. Yeah, the the old classic line: you start in the net and you move out. Yeah, I don't care about forwards this off season. Screw them. Yeah, you, you'll find dudes. Yeah. You'll find guys to play on the minimum. You'll you'll put some trust in some dudes that are unproven. You need to get another goalie. Yeah. with Jack Campbell, that is the number one priority for this team right now. And number two, you need to get better defensemen because that's very important as yeah. we learned in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and worry about the other dudes. Like I don't care about. Zach Hyman, who's going to replace him, or who's going to replace guys who are, you're going to lose in the expansion draft? Like, you start from the net out. Let's go. Like, you can't be signing mediocre dudes for six million dollars. Like, no, it's crazy. So, thoughts on the Wayne Simmons extension? Any guy you can plug in on the minimum who you think can make an impact, do it. Yeah, do it. Like, what? You've no and risk. He, he he was really good for them. Until he got hurt, and then he just wasn't the same. Yeah, which is tough because he does have an inj- injury history, and it's it sucks when dudes have injury history because history is bound to repeat itself. But anyone you could plug in on the minimum on this team who you think can make an impact in some sort of way, like you just got to do it. That's just the way it is. Not yeah. everybody, not every dude's going to be the guy you want them to be. But if you can get paid a very low salary and provide something. That's what this team needs, man. That's all you can do. Well, so speaking, speaking of, what do you if think? You're of, compl- sorry, if you're yeah. complaining about a guy signing at the the min, yeah, 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 you're you're a dink. <laughs> like, 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 shut up. Like, what? Who else are they gonna go get? Yeah. Like, you have a guy who has experience, who who clearly brought a little bit of toughness to your team. Yeah, he's a little slow. He's not as good as he used to be, but. If they signed him for three and a half a season, I'd be like, like okay, this is this is a, little, a bit, it's a bit much, a little bit much. But like any any guy you're plugging in at the men, like it's just it's fine. Let so, it go. Speaking of Travis Dermott, I think of that extension. <sighs> well, that is like expansion yes, implications yes. So as let's, well. So that's a great uh, segue there, Ryan. Expansion draft coming up. The Seattle Kraken. It's official. <laughs> Weird man. Yeah, yeah, it's official. Yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of people are going the four four and one route of who they're going to protect. I I think the four forwards speak for themselves, mm-hmm. the core four, and then I think three of the defensemen speak for themselves. So Riley, Brody, and Muzzin. Who who's the fourth? Is it Dermot? Is it Hall? 
That's a hard question. I, they're both kind of mokey in the so same I'll way. So I'll give you. I'll get. I'm. I'm protecting Justin Hall. I think he's a big stay-at-home defenseman. Then is the type of guy you don't have. Like Dermot, they've got. They've got three guys that play like Travis Dermot. They've got Riley. They've got Sandine, and they've got Dermot. My problem is with this question is I'm not attached to either guy yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. You can see what they bring in in different ways. I like your point. Hall is a big guy. He did do a good job against. Yeah. Like he played against McDavid a lot last year. He did an okay job. Yeah. I, I he improved a lot when he got the opportunity. I don't really care to be honest with you. Whatever they want to do, yeah. they can do. I just I I think that it's it's not it's not going to be a game changer. Whoever they do protect, but I think a lot of people too are like pretty um, sold on the fact that the Kraken are going to take Kerfoot as the forward. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So, like. <laughs> but again, you want to look at you. You were talking about Moak trades earlier, right? You traded Nazem Kadri, yeah, for a guy who came here and was awful for an entire season in Tyson Berry, and the other guy who I thought was pretty good for them down the stretch last year. You're gonna lose him in an expansion draft for nothing. Yeah, Kyle, I'm sorry, man. Like I. I don't want to be one of these these people because some of the people who like go in on Dubis, like it's just it's such a shtick, and it's like I'm not gonna, I'm I'm not, but he's not. I don't think he's he's the wonder boy that people paint him out to be. I think he's done a lot of good, impressive stuff. I think some of the contracts he signed, um, some of these players too, like Jason Spezza, it, like TJ Bro, like he hasn't. He's definitely done some good stuff, Jack Campbell, but he also has done a lot of questionable stuff and but, but there listen there's the argument to be made there's the mark bergevan art argument to be made yeah nine years on the job and it's like i do think it's true that i think we as sports fans and particularly this city are very quick to fire people and so if he gets fired like we're starting again yeah yeah i i don't know i the way i see kerfoot I just went off on a Dubas tangent. If, if Kerfoot's yeah. getting... Yeah. I, I see cap money yeah. when Kerfoot comes off the books. Good. He, I thought he played well last year, and in the playoffs he was okay, but I'm not going to get attached to Alex Kerfoot. Yeah. Like, and Nazem Kadri, I don't, I don't care about that trade anymore because that dumb idiot can't stay not suspended in the playoffs, yeah. so he'd be no help to them anyways. Yeah. So I'm over that trade. I don't care about that anymore. I see Kerfoot leaving. I see cap money. I see Freddie Anderson coming off the books. I see cap money. Yep. Anything you can get cap money for this team, yep. let's do it. I don't care. Yep. I, and I Do I trust Dubas to do the right thing with that money? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But at least you have an option. At least you have options to go get several guys who are, who are making low money or you get two guys who are making like $3 million, you know? Um, they, they have holes to plug. So I see guys getting picked and money coming off their books. And that means they can go out and do something, which is what people want them to do. Speaking of the Kraken, um, there was some speculation on the radio this week that the Leafs already know who they're going to take because of the whole, like, they did some sort of deal with the Kraken hiring Dave Haxtell. Oh, what a loss that is. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dude, that is just, we, cool. talked, about this, like, we talked about this uh, last um, episode, like just a bizarre coaching. Yeah, you're hire. just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, Ronnie Francis likes. 
Davey Axel. All, I don't all, know. All due respect to Dave Haxtell. It it is a very yeah. very bizarre. Yeah. Um. I guess we should also comment a little bit on the Stanley Cup final. We haven't done an episode since Tampa won again, and I just think like I I again I don't want to be a narcissistic Leaf fan and make everything about them, but I am a narcissistic Leaf fan, and I do. And this make is everything a Leaf about podcast. Them. This is a Leaf podcast. But I just watch the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I'm just like, like this is. They're yeah. nowhere close to this, They're man. Goaltending. Well, and that's the point you made about Tampa earlier, where, where you're like, you know, they might lose a guy here and a guy there, but it's like it doesn't matter because you have the best goalie in hockey and the best defenseman yeah. in hockey. Yeah, the most, the biggest workhorse in hockey yeah. too. Yeah, and you have a loudmouth goat forward right. who just shows up at the playoffs <laughs> and rigs up thirty two pointies and win and then chirps everybody yeah. uh, at the press conference and he's. Off to the next cup. Yeah, I know. I know. It's so like, good. They look pretty good, yeah, man. Yeah, like, they they're pretty good. Again, it's just like, Eddie, it's your dream. It's to have the best, one of the best goalies in the world that you can rely on. Yep. It's having a defenseman you can put on the ice for over 30 minutes a night, and he's going to do something. He can be physical. He can score. He can make passes, run your power play, be on your penalty kill. And then you have three forwards, four forwards who you know can go out and put points on the board every night. Yep. Like, how how are they gonna yeah okay they lose Barkley Goodrow yeah, like they'll be fine sweet and I know when they won their first cup people would make the argument that they their, their third line is what got them over the hump or whatever but dude like when you're set up with top goalies top defensemen you're you're gonna be in it every year yeah. and that's what that's why I want the Leafs to I say I almost want them to take their focus off the forwards and start focusing on their net and their defense because it's so important. It's what gets you there in the long run. This is the philosophy that I keep saying that this is what I was alluding to at the beginning of the episode when I said that, you know, the the general manager, like there's this aura around the uh, around Kyle Dubas that he's found some sort of secret sauce. And it's like, what sauce? You actually know, like, 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 like they his whole the whole Kyle Dubas hype train has been built on. He sees the game from an analytical perspective and he is, he's so far ahead of everybody else in that regard. And, but one thing that we've learned every year and I'm sorry, number people and like playoff hockey is different and you can't quantify that. You can't quantify Mitch Marner getting out of the way of a hit. I don't get people being like Kyle Dubas is so analytical. So was every other team in the NHL, pretty much every team. You think the Colorado avalanche or, not an analytical hockey team. Like everyone's there. Everyone's caught up. Your analytics aren't better than other people's analytics. Like I, I but again, I think a, a lot of that, I think a lot of that is, is Toronto media and stuff. Just like, it's just the hype train leaving the state. The whole game. Every yeah. team is analytical now. Like your yeah. analytics aren't better than other people's. The only thing I'll give the Leafs is they got a damn smart guy running their cap. Yeah. Who can make some good Brandon Pridham who can make some goat decisions sometimes. So I think like, you know, we're, we're going to wrap this up and uh, I I think it's safe to say that we join those who aren't in the best headspace yeah. right now. So in this off season, what's your top priority? I'm with you. I got to Well, my, my, my jaded, angry top priority trade. Mitch I don't want to see 16 on the ice again next year. Yeah. 
But say, but they, realistic. Say priority. those top guys don't leave. Okay. What's the number one priority? I'm with you. I think they need to solidify the their goaltending. I think Jack Campbell oh. has earned the right to start the season as the number one guy. But as we've talked about a lot, he he has quite the injury history, and you can't go into next season. Like you can't go into next season with Michael Hutchinson as his backup and expect to do anything. So you, you can't go into next season trying to make the playoffs, trying to win a round, trying to go deep with a dude who has no resume, yes. who's never played a full season, never yes. took a team to the playoffs. Say what you want about Freddie Anderson. He had a resume and he's taken teams to the playoffs. He sucked in the playoffs, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. You, you have to go get a 1A, 1B guy. That's the way they're going to have to do it. Because you cannot. I like Jack Campbell when he's playing well. I think he's a great goalie, but you, that is just some security, man. Again, you need man, another dude. But again, man, they've put themselves in a situation with their salary cap where they only have so much money that they can spend on a goalie. I know. So when you only have, when you're on a budget, it limits your options of who's available to you. So... They're not going to go get some sort of some elite NHL goaltender because they can't afford. No, him. they can't afford him. Okay. But they, you need to you need an upgrade on Michael Hutchinson. Like, do you think? Um, or you can go and get Mark Andre Fleury. Oh yeah, eh? yeah. Eh? 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 Who knows? I don't know. Just get somebody. Um, and so second priority is I'm with you too. The defense. So what what do you think? Do you think? They re-signed Morgan Riley. There's been speculation that he would be willing to take a hometown discount to stay. Um, do they re-sign him or do they like, here's, here's my take on it. Whether they re-sign him or not, I do not like this trend of letting guys leave for nothing. Like, so if you're not going to re-sign him, then you need to trade him and get assets back because we're not just, he's been, he's been an elite defenseman for this team. I had my moments with him last year where I thought he wasn't that great at times during the season, but yeah. for for his career, he's been a homegrown elite defenseman for this team. And if you're not going to resign him, then you better get something for him. Just picture this, the Leafs going into this season without Morgan Riley on their back end. It's bleak. It's brutal. Yeah. Like it's awful. Yeah. Like they almost don't have, a choice in a way, which kind of reminds me of when they signed Dion Phaneuf for seven million for seven years, because that was the exact same reasoning yeah. why they did that yeah. was, oh, they got nobody else, <laughs> and that turned into a nightmare. <laughs> so, like, you never know, but it's, I'm, I, you almost got to treat this off like what you're saying. You can't let him go for free. You almost have to treat this off season like it's next off season and find out this off season like. Are you are you coming back here? Like, what do you want? Yeah. What are you what are you looking for? Like, are you just gonna wait it out, or well, can no. we just talk kind of an early preliminary discussion right now on what you're thinking, so we can kind of get the ball rolling? Because we can't just let you go for nothing. Well, and he's a bit different than Hyman too, because I would sign him. I would give him more term than I'd give Hyman. And I think, listen, if you're gonna sign with this team, you have to understand like. This is the situation they're in cap wise. Mm. If I want to stay here and if I really believe I have a chance to have success here, I have to work within this system. And that yeah. doesn't mean like you shortchange yourself. Like, like Morgan Riley's not signing for $2 million, but like, I think you're looking at, I think you're looking at $7 million. Yeah. So do you, how do you feel about that figure? See, that's way hard, but like, that's only a million more than what Zach Hyman wants. And like, I'm putting Morgan Riley a little bit ahead of Zach Hyman in terms of importance. So 
It is what it is. Like you went out and signed all these dudes for seven thousand million dollars, and they all suck. So like, this is what this is the consequences you have to deal with when you have a guy who you want to keep, and but you're you're looking at your top defenseman being like, oh, I don't know if I want to pay him because you're all moked up with a bunch of other dudes. So it's like, well, all right, we're gonna get out of here. Bad situation. We're gonna get out of here. But um, before before we do, I have to troll you. I got two words for you when it comes to the goaltending situation, Ryan. What? James Reimer. No. <laughs> oh, no. He's a legit possibility. Everyone knows how much I hate James Reimer. Le- you're, you, can I tell you something? You're in the minority. On oh, that. come on. <laughs> he was brutal. Like, come on. They, they, hey, they hey, made hey. the playoffs in a shortened season, and, and they were up 4-1. You could argue, listen, you could argue that they wouldn't have even got to that Game 7 if it weren't for James Reimer. Yeah, and the same, they wouldn't have gotten to Game 7 without Frederick yeah, Anderson. Yep, yep. It's, it's like, the, the pair. And everybody hates him. Yeah. So, and, and Frederick Anderson was way better yeah. than James Reimer was as a, as a leaf as a whole. Yep. And if people like James Reimer but hate Frederick Anderson, just, just, just piss off. Yeah. Like, just go walk outside and and just leave. Like, don't take off your leave jersey. Stop. Yep. James Reimer. So, <laughs> so, oh. so. <laughs> no. Well, so that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for checking us out, everybody. If you like what you see, head to our Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. We're going to be back periodically over the summer. We, when, we're we're going to take the same approach this summer that we took last summer, which is, when something happens and there's something to talk about, we're going to jump on and talk about it. Why is that, Ryan? Because we don't deal. Well, it's just like we can't, we don't deal in hypotheticals. Yeah. But we just can't come on here and just drum up narratives to just put out content because yeah. that's boring. That is so boring. It is. Let's talk really about boring. what they're actually doing and analyze that instead yeah. of what they could do and waste our time, your time. Yeah. Everybody's time. Come on here and say the same thing pretty much every episode. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Ryan, did you know? That if you go to manscaped.com right now and use promo code THEBUDS, you get 20% off and free shipping on a bunch of badass men's grooming products. None, none more impressive than the Lawnmower 4.0. Not just the Lawnmower 4.0, even though it is the top of the line when it comes to trimming sensitive areas. Yes. They also got something called a weed whacker to take care of that manly problem. That start the hair start growing out of your nose and you need something to take care of it. They also got wash for all the sensitive parts of your body. They got razors. They have briefs. They got it all and it's cool branding. Like look at this, look at these boxes. Look how sleek they are. I know. So you get on there, you use our code, the buds. What does it get you again? 20% off and free shipping worldwide. Doesn't matter where you are on the planet. Is there anything worse than when you're talking to a guy and like he's got like the big oh like, yeah just hanging. It out happens of there. to me. Yeah, let's be honest here. Yeah. It happens to both of us. How yeah. many times has the wife looked at you and been like, "Last time you trimmed up there, bud." I know, and you're up there, and you you got you got the scissors, and it's just a disaster. You're just in there, just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or when you're going on a first date, and you're like, "Buddy, yeah. are you prepared? Yeah. Did you use your lawnmower 4.0? Yeah. Because you, you there, never, there could you be an issue. Know. Yeah, there could be an issue. And the last thing you want to do is embarrass yourself. Exactly. Got a got a, got a bit of a. Got a bit of an afro situation. <laughs> Nobody wants that. No, absolutely no. not. So the main way you solve that, once again, is you go to manscaped.com, fill your card up, you check out. There's a little section that says input promo code. 
You put in the buds, all one word, which we have below right now, 20% off free shipping. A bunch of unbelievable, badass men's grooming products. So go check it out right now. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.